If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome everyone to Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. My name is Austin. I'm BJ. And today we've got a special uh, guest with us today because we're hanging out with Sack Chief. Uh, hey guys. All right. So if you uh, you know if you know anything about Dragon Quest fandom and you're listening to this podcast, you probably know who Sack Chief is already. Uh, he has uh, his very own YouTube channel. Uh, where he has tons of uh, YouTube videos. Uh, you can find that at youtube.com slash sackchief. Uh, one of my personal favorites is where he ranks uh, all the Dragon Quest games, uh, worst to best. Uh, that's a good one. He's also doing currently doing playthrough uh, videos, Let's Play videos for 11S and Dragon Quest 3. Uh, and you can also find him on Twitter at uh, sackchief. And you also, let's see, you have a Discord uh, channel as well it's called dragon quest in is that right yeah that's one of the discord cha- uh, channels i'm part of yeah and there's also a sack chief discord that you have isn't there uh yes that that's my personal discord for my channel i have that as well all right cool so um so let's get straight into it uh just kind of curious here um so what got you into dragon quest in the first place Okay, so my first Dragon Quest game was Dragon Quest Eight on the PS2 back in mm-hmm. like two thousand five. So it's uh, it's been a while. Um, what got me into it was I subscribed to the American Shonen Jump magazine. Uh, do you remember that at all? No. Yeah, you know, you know, in Japan they have these big volumes, uh, the Jump volumes that have uh, different comics that come in every month. And America had one also from the Shonen Jump company. That had English comics, and it was it was kind of short lived. It, it's not around anymore. But I subscribed to their magazine, and the, one of their issues in uh, 2005, I believe, had a Dragon Quest A demo disc packed in with it, and uh, there was an interview of Yuji Hori in the magazine. So that was my first exposure to the series in 2005. I had actually ha- I actually hadn't heard of Dragon Quest before then, but I was really into the whole anime manga thing. I was I really like I enjoyed um. The whole uh, all the Japanese uh, comics and all that stuff. So when I saw Dragon Quest, some this game that was stylized like that kind of uh, you know manga, I was really mm-hmm. into it at first, and I really enjoyed the demo. I can tell you more about that if you like. Yeah, because that was one that I completely uh, missed at the time. Like I wasn't into uh anime uh at that point i was i'd moved uh moved into college and was really playing mostly uh online games and hadn't really touched consoles and really watched any anime that my friend bob didn't bring in and so i didn't even know that there was a demo for eight so what all did it consist of okay so the demo for eight basically it starts off, you know, the intro cutscene where uh where they're like looking for Medea and the slimes come and attack you that part yeah. mm-hmm. not yeah, they don't have that part, actually. It opens right when you get to Fairbury, and you don't type in the name of the main character. The main character's name is 8. It's just it's just 8 in the okay. demo. Okay. Yeah. 
the demo keeps going and it, it uh it stops at a certain point but it's it, it's mostly the entire intro section you talk to the girl uh you find out her problem you can walk around the entire town you have a lot of freedom uh some differences include the fact that uh, the you know the menu system that's all uh that's all fancy in dragon quest Eight. that's not there they're using the original menu system Oh, oh wow. yeah, yeah. It, it was in the demo. It was the original menu system, but in the final game, they changed it for Western audiences to to appreciate a little more. But yeah, it's a, it's a pretty solid demo. That's cool. I've seen um, I've seen like the demo for eight, like on eBay and stuff, where people were selling it, and I wasn't sure what the demo came with. So I'm glad uh, you explained that to us today because I've always wondered if that was like a. Uh, do you remember, I don't know if you ever had this, but I subscribed to like the official PlayStation magazine and they sent you a demo like every yeah. issue. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, I didn't know if it maybe came with one of those and I just missed out on it. Uh, actually, they had a Dragon Quest A demo also. If you. Oh, okay. Yeah, they had a King Kong issue. I know it's the King Kong issue. It has Peter Jackson's King Kong on the cover. That's the issue, <laughs> That's the issue with the Dragon Quest A demo. It, it, except there's a lot of other games on the demo disc for that. But it, Dragon Quest Eight is one of them, and the, the demo I ta- told you about right now, that's the, the exact demo that they're using for that. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Cool. So I kind of I remember the Peter Jackson King Kong, or at least I remember an issue with that. So now I'm wondering, now I kind of want to dig up my old demos, if I still have them, and see if Dragon Quest Eight was on there, because... It was Dragon Quest Eight. Was that on the cover of the demo? It was not. In fact, you probably wouldn't know okay. unless you actually like put, pop the demo disc in. I just know for a fact that that is the disc that has Dragon Quest Eight on the demo. Okay, because that's what I was wondering. Because I didn't remember the cover, and also I was around that time. I was bad about if it wasn't like a game I was already familiar with or like was looking forward to. I didn't necessarily play whatever the demo disc was that came with that issue. Mm-hmm. So now I'm, so now I'm kind of bummed out because now I'm wondering if there's like a demo of eight somewhere in my house or that I even like tossed over the years. Um, so yeah, man, that kind of sucks for me, I guess. <laughs> yeah, for real. That may have gotten you into Dragon Quest a lot sooner than uh, than it, you currently did yeah, with 11. 15 years ago it could have been, right? That could, That's when it could have started. For real, it's 15 years of my life wasted now. <laughs> I mean, you married, kids, degrees, all of that, wasted just because of no eight. Um, so, uh, so talking about Dragon Quest Eight, uh, I know, um, I, I know for a lot of people, I feel like, uh, especially around like, um, like our collective ages, I guess there's like a 10 year, I feel like span of ages there that like Dragon Quest eight was kind of the first Dragon Quest game for a lot of people. And I know uh, it's kind of a favorite for a lot of people. Is that your favorite Dragon Quest game? Uh, my favorite Dragon Quest game actually is, uh, is Dragon Quest five. Five. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, the typical I, answer. Eight, eight, yeah. Yeah. It's a really great game though. <laughs> it's it's uh, one of my top, top five in the series. Gotcha. And I think I remember t- uh, you telling me on Twitter that five was your favorite because that's so five is probably my I say it's my second favorite because I love 11 so much. But I usually I usually kind of preface that with the fact that like 11 is almost like this like greatest hits album of like Dragon Quest, you know, where it hits a lot of beats that are in older Dragon Quest games mm-hmm. and does it really well. And so I don't know if it's fair to say 11 
is like my favorite game because I feel like it's almost like saying like your favorite album by like some band is their greatest hits album instead of like picking one of the actual <laughs> albums, yeah, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, I get it. Uh, but yeah, I love five too. It's um, and have you seen the movie your story um so it's really impossible to see the movie i don't there was maybe no talk about any sort of blu-ray release yet they, it was like a one-day uh theater event like i haven't seen it yet and i do want to see it but uh, the opportunity has not shown itself to to watch it yet gotcha i wasn't well, sure i wasn't sure if any like bootleg copies had like surfaced online or not i hadn't been that thorough in like searching so there I, haven't. I figured you're the person yeah. to ask yeah there's no bootleg copies somebody would have had to take in a camera and, and videotape the whole thing that never happened they don't really do that in japan to be honest that's kind of like not not a thing they do and i didn't know it was a one-day thing i thought it was uh it may have been a short the theatrical release like i didn't realize it was thing. a one day event yeah, it was like one weekend or something like that it, 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 it wow yeah it wasn't theaters for a long time and it was like limited limited theaters had it and stuff yeah it's for their like uh they had like a big like fan celebration weekend right yeah yeah okay cool so um so dragon quest 5 is your favorite game but um you know, if we're playing like that game Desert Island where you get like one Dragon Quest game, like your Desert Island, I guess, has electricity. Okay. In this fantasy, you have electricity. So you have any game system and a TV of your choosing. Yeah. Do you still play five or do you take a the different one? I'd right? take 11 if that was the case because the 11's replayability is really, really high. I'd say. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree with you there. I have, uh, I, this is the most excited I think I've ever been. Um, to like replay a game after beating it not very long ago. Like, uh, I mean, I know 11S has a lot of new content, but I've definitely been like uh, really excited to play it and, you know, really glad to be playing it now, even though um, like I beat it less than a year ago. Like that has never happened with another video game. <laughs> I agree. Same for me. Like I don't like replaying games and I don't like replaying parts of games that I've played. So when I quit just right at Nautica in 11 on Steam to wait on the Switch version, I was like 22 hours in and I figured that I would just speed through all of uh, 11 on the Switch. I would get there and skip all the cutscenes, and I haven't. I've only skipped maybe like three cutscenes that I remembered really well and cared zero about because I already knew them and have had just a wonderful time replaying it, doing the exact same stuff I'd done before, which is completely out of character for me to do. And you're you're playing it on 3D, right, BJ? Yeah, I tried 2D at this point, and I like 2D, but I know you and I were texting about this. I want to play 2D all the way through because switching back and forth really feels like it loses something, except for the ones that are obviously only in 2D. Like, I didn't like having the the swap. I think it's either a 16-bit RPG or a 3D beautiful RPG uh, for me, so I want to do a complete 2D playthrough at some point. Mm -hmm. That's kind of my plan, too. I plan on doing 2D um, after I do this other 3D playthrough of 11S. And uh, so, Sack Chief, you're actually, you're playing both though, right? I know your video uh, that you posted a couple of days ago with like the Slayer in the Sands and all uh -huh. um, uh, 2D, but you, you're playing in 3D as well or just 2D? Yeah, at the end of the, the latest video, I did switch back to 3D. The thing about uh, switching back and forth is it's not quite as on the fly as I hoped it would be. Yeah. You, you noticed that, right? It's, uh, you, yeah. So when you when you switch back to, to 2D or 3D, you actually have to go back to a certain 
point where like the chapter starts there this game has a chapter mm-hmm. select option that a lot of people don't talk about and uh right yeah it makes it more more difficult so i think for the rest of this playthrough i'm actually going to be doing it in 3d mode we did a lot of 2d but it's not convenient to be you know switching back and forth it's not gonna it's not really gonna work as much as i hope it would be Right, yeah, I, I noticed that too. I was really disappointed when I got the actual game because the demo, the way it kind of looked in the demo was that you just went to a church and you switched back to 2D and it wasn't like a huge deal. And then as immediately when I got the actual game, that was like the first thing I went to do. And it had that chapter select like that. And I, and that that is why I didn't go to 2D because I was just like, you know, it's been a little while since I've played this and I really like the, a lot of the animations and just like the characters faces and different things that go along with the 3d. So for this one, that's why I just kind of opted for 3d myself. Yeah. I didn't want to go through all of these, the chapters in one or the other like that. I wanted to be able to swap. So with having to do the chapter selects, I just decided to do 3d the whole time for this one. So we got favorite game out of the way. Um, Do you have, have a like least favorite dragon quest game one that maybe maybe you don't like or maybe you like but just isn't as good as the rest uh probably six yeah i'd say six six yeah gotcha and i i love six i know i'm in the minority there Mm -hmm. um is it the story characters all that kind of stuff that kind of gets you it's like the it came right after dragon quest 5 it has the syndrome of just not being dq5 the story's not quite as good I, i had high expectations for it that's really all I gotcha. Yeah. And maybe, maybe that was why I liked six so well is because I played it later and I'd already heard, um, I'd heard like some people's complaints with it and the issues they had with it. So I kind of knew going in that it might not be my favorite. And I actually, you know, didn't really enjoy the first 10 to 12 hours of the game and didn't think I was going to like it. And then ended up having a really great time, uh, with six. Um, and w- one thing I've noticed from, uh, like, uh, listening to you on like the Geekdom 101 podcast and things like that is, uh, you like Dragon Quest 2. Uh, yeah. Right. So, and I like Dragon Quest 2 and I feel like there's a lot of people who, uh, who don't like to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so, uh, so anyway, I'm glad there's somebody, at least a couple of other people out there who, uh, who really like to as well. And I'm curious if that you know that's your least favorite of all of them, and like you are you are mega super fan. Are there any within the spinoffs or the main series that you just straight up don't like? That it was just a swing and a miss, where you're like, "Yep, that one has the name on it," and I just I just can't stand by it. Uh, to be honest, not really. I th- I feel like there's some value in all of them, even Sorge, which I think is the weakest uh, entry in the entire series. Has some there's something cool about you know collecting these swords and there's a story and everything. I actually still like that game a bit. There's really not a Dragon Quest game that I think is bad or that I don't like that much, to be honest. Okay, cool. I, yeah, I agree with you. I think Swords of all the ones I've played, and I still haven't gotten around to the Monsters Joker series. That's on my list to do after uh, I beat 11s again and probably do the Switch ports of one, two, and three. Um, but I've played the others. I think Swords is probably my least favorite. I know. BJ and I had a great time playing it together. But if that had been solo, I don't think I would have been able to get through it. Yeah. So did you did you play it alone or did you play it with some friends? I played it alone, or? yeah. I mean, it's not it's not fun. That's the kind of game you got to be playing with somebody and like joking around and kind of like having a good time playing with. It's not something you should be 
in a room alone playing yourself. So I, I feel like that does add more uh, enjoyment to the game. Yeah, swinging around in my living room, it was just, I was like, I hate everything about <laughs> this and I just can't do it. But, uh, but you know, with Austin, it was super fun. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, so kind of not Dragon Quest, but I've, I've, uh, I thought about this the other day, actually. Um, so, um, so you live in like the Northeast, right? Like around Philadelphia area yeah. Up, in, yeah, yeah. up that way somewhere. So, uh, so I have some family that lives in Philadelphia yeah. and recently we started getting these, uh, Wawa's down here in South Florida. Yeah. And my Philadelphia, um, family is like obsessed with them because they're down here in South Florida now. Cause I guess the owners like vacation down here or something. And so they started like building some. Um, I mean, they think Wawa is like the best thing ever. So is that like a them thing or is that like a Philly thing? Like, I mean, there's one, there's one in the town I live in. So I am, it might be a PA thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, people are really into it. They're, they're into this Wawa. They're into this place called Sheets. I don't know if you heard of that. Uh, no, uh, I haven't heard of that. It's one. similar to Wawa. And, and yeah, I don't know. I guess they like this whole uh, driving out in the middle of the night and grabbing some random drink in some store. It's like a Seven Eleven. That's what Wawa <laughs> really is. If I might. Okay, yeah, that's okay. Because that's what it was. That's what I like. It seems like to me. And like my wife has stopped by one and brought donuts home, and like the don <laughs> the donuts were good. But um, like I know, uh, like my cousin lives down in South Florida now, and she's originally from Philadelphia. And she got like super pumped when uh, like a Wawa was in. And now that's like where she stops to get gas and everything all the time. And um, like and a lot of my, you know, other relatives and stuff that are in like the Philly area. They're like, oh, you guys are getting a Wawa now. Like you're so blessed to have a Wawa down there. So I was just wondering if it was like a them thing or if like people like in like, you know, PA really love uh, Wawa's. <laughs> yeah, it could be a little bit, a little bit of both. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so when it comes to Wawa, I guess you're kind of, it's fine. Yeah. Is your opinion? Yeah, on basically, it? Okay. Yeah. I, I've been there a few times and I, I don't go crazy for it. I mean, they have these little drinks and coffees and stuff, but like, that, that's about it. This is so weird to me to think about like people going crazy over a convenience store yeah. like that. Like I get things like Dunkin' Donuts and Krispy Kreme and, and, you know, these places that you go, but convenience stores, it seems odd to me except for your wife, Austin, except for Grace, because she just loves gas station food. So that doesn't surprise me at all that she just goes and is like, ooh, new gas station food. But it's like just in general, uh, I'm just like, really? I don't I don't really have strong feelings for gas stations and convenience stores in either direction. Yeah. And so so for Sack Chief and people listening who don't know, so my wife, she loves gas station food. Like I know in another <laughs> episode, I talked about how Taco Bell was like my favorite. She loves gas station food, which makes us just sound super classy, doesn't it? <laughs> but but uh, so uh, at her old job, when we lived in Tennessee, she would love to go get, there was a gas station nearby and she would go get food from there. And her coworkers would always talk about how happy she was after she ate at the gas station <laughs> to the point that they they had a term for it. They called it her gas station glow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> gas station. And so, yeah. And so now, uh, whenever, uh, whenever I mean, she does. You know, when she eats gas station food, it's like the deep fried, like super greasy food that like makes most people sick. And she just she has an iron stomach, and she just uh, she loves it. And uh, like I don't know with with Wawa, <laughs> she told me they had really good subs. I guess. Um, but I haven't, I haven't eaten at a Wawa myself. They're like all over the place. Uh, <laughs> where, so I, 
because I live in South Florida and right now we've got like about five of them, I guess, like uh, around. And uh, I guess it's because either the owner like moved down here to retire, which is what happens with a lot of people because it's like a big you know retirement area in South Florida. Um, so it's either that or like they vacationed down here and wanted to like set some up. But anyway, um, going back to kind of Philly and stuff too, though, um, I noticed uh, like yesterday, maybe you said something about second and Charles, you do a lot of shopping at second and Charles. Uh, yeah. It's a shop they have uh, around this area. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I've heard of it before because I'm kind of a, I don't want to call myself a hoarder, but like, I like going to like bargain places and finding like cool collectibles and mm-hmm. stuff. And, uh, that place had been recommended to me before as, you know, thing, if I was ever like up that way that I should definitely check out the second and Charles shops. Right. Because they have some cool stuff, I guess, and it's it's just like a, I mean, it's like kind of like a uh, secondhand like collector store. It's a secondhand right? collector store, but it's really like okay, they have like records, they have DVDs, they have books, they have comics, they have a- anime DVDs stuff. They have a lot of new stuff, but they have a lot of used stuff, and the used stuff is kind of where the treasure is because they have. It's crazy. I go there, I see so much stuff I want that is cheap. It's like unbelievable. They're basically first of all, the PS3 section has. Every rare PS3 game you could ever want just sitting there. They're, uh, they have mm-hmm. an NES section with all these rare NES games in the box. They have Dragon Warrior. They I would see multiple copies of Dragon Warrior 3 for the Game Boy sitting on their shelves just every other month. It's it's a little ridiculous how, how much they get, get good stuff. And it's not that expensive either. Oh, wow. Yeah, they have a Nintendo right now in the original box for a hundred bucks. Yeah, that's what that uh, that was what I saw you post in the like uh, the chat or whatever, and I was like, man, that's. And when you said it was second and Charles, like it immediately clicked that that store had been recommended to me. Before. Right, right. Uh, so going back to Dragon Quest here, because uh, I guess that's why most people are probably listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so gone over favorite games, least favorite game here. Um, so let's talk about some characters. Uh, for Dragon Quest. Uh, you know, Dragon Quest, I think, has some very memorable characters. Uh, whether you like them or not, they're still kind of memorable. Um, do you have, like, a just hands-down favorite character from, like, any of the mainline games or otherwise? Just a favorite character? Uh, let me think. I like, my favorite characters probably come from Eleven. Uh, my first mm-hmm. favorite character is Veronica, and my second favorite character is uh, Hendrick the Knight. Yeah, I really... I, uh, Hendrick is one of my favorites. As well, I'm hoping we get a Bring Arts figure for him soon because uh, my goal is to collect all the uh, Bring Arts figures right, right. Uh, for eleven, and they're really expensive, so I have to get them like slowly, yeah. <laughs> slowly and on sale, slowly and on sale. Yeah, and so uh, so I'm hoping we get a Hendrick figure uh, like that'd soon. be great. Yeah. So uh, I really like. I think my favorite characters are probably from 11 as well i love hendrick you know I, I love Solvando. he was my favorite on the first playthrough uh just because um you know i really liked his humor and i liked that he he kind of had some depth he was more than just like a caricature for them you know and uh, i really appreciate that and liked that about the character yeah yeah i really like veronica which is surprising because i do not like maribel at all in dragon quest 7 and she's kind of playing that same kind of like archetype yeah you yeah know? I see that. But she's so much more like likable as opposed to her brattiness is kind of funny as opposed to the the bratty little sister who is trying to be obnoxious. It's uh, it's like Veronica is 
she's i think it's because she's really an adult i think that because she's an adult doing it that she knows what she's doing and it's just coming across that way mm-hmm. and i don't know veronica is probably one of my favorite characters as well just this her and Silvando really this time as i'm going through i'm like i just love you guys yeah, so yeah. much it's like i i really i really want bring arts figures of them i need to buy them veronica and Silvando are both in like the two packs so you got to shell out even more money yeah. for them no who, who does Silvando <laughs> come with i forget uh so Silvando and rab come okay. together um with a liquid metal slime is the uh, little monster you get with it i was thinking rab and jade should um, come together wouldn't that make more sense yeah it it would it would make a lot of sense and honestly i think they made jade separate i put some thought into this a little bit and i, I wondered if they made jade separate because of her being like a maybe more in demand character okay. If maybe they did it to cash in, if it was like purely monetary, and maybe that's cynical of me to think that, but uh, but yeah, I'm right there with you. Jade and Rab would have made way more sense to be packaged together. But I thought the same thing when y'all said that it was uh, uh, Rab and Silvando. I'm like, oh yeah, they put Jade apart to uh, make people buy more. Yeah, or it could also be a size thing because Veronica's small, so they don't charge you full price for the two figures. Just like they don't, I don't think they charge you full price for Silvando and Rab because Rab is a smaller figure. Oh, okay. so so maybe that's the yeah thinking. yeah because I, I wouldn't spend the ninety dollars on Veronica as much as I like the character. Yeah, exactly. That's that's kind of where I am. Is that like I love Veronica, but you feel kind of like shortchanged paying ninety bucks for a Veronica that stands like half as tall. Yeah, because she's short, you would get shortchanged. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so going back to uh, characters and stuff, least favorite character, uh, but really quickly. Uh, so Maribel, that's kind of like, I feel like, there's, <laughs> I feel like there's two, there's two kind of fans. There's fans who love Maribel and there's fans who just absolutely hate her. Where do you stand on the Maribel? I, I like Maribel. I think she's okay. Yeah. All right, cool. I mean, I mean, I'm just wondering, I, so I, here's the thing about Maribel is that I think she makes a really good uh, like druid and sage and everything. I think her spell casting abilities in seven are really good. And I used her pretty much throughout the entire game because she's a character that pretty much stays with you almost the whole time. Right. Um, There's just like one time that I can think of that she's kind of missing. You know, I I used her. I think it's just her personality. You know, I just, uh, I don't know. She just couldn't get into it. And I don't like her in the Heroes games more than I don't like her in Seven. It's the voice. It's it's having the uh, the the the. I don't even want to say shrill because it's not a it's not a good term. But I, it's having that really obnoxious voice. It, having the voice acting really gets me. I it's think. the it's the petulant child voice. <laughs> yeah, it is like that's that's exa- it, it's petulant child as opposed to precocious child with Veronica. Like that's exactly it. Veronica's precocious and uh, and and Maribel is petulant. You're right. So do you have a least favorite character? Oh, yeah, of course, I have a least favorite character. Um, my least favorite character is the Prince of Canuck from Dragon Quest Two. He's my least favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> because, because because of the dying. There's I assume. a lot of reasons why he's a he's kind of like a, a, a little dickhead. Like he's he um causes so much trouble for you and your team, and he's like not even that. Sh- First of all, he's not that strong. Second of all, he gets sick right when you're about to go face off against Hargon. You have to go off on his huge quest to go find a leave. And it takes forever to run around this world. It takes so long to get to that Yggdrasil uh, tree and just to bring him back. Yes. 
the inn and baron yeah i don't know i don't know if you listened to our episode on dragon quest 2 but i seriously went on like a 10 minute rant about uh that whole like the prince of canic getting sick at the inn and baron and having to like find the yggdrasil leaf and all that so i'm right there with you uh that is a very obnoxious part of that game yeah and then there's the fact that um the Prince of Kanek is uh, considered to be a legendary hero. He can wield the Sword of Erdrich. So, I mean, this guy's getting sick and he's like falling asleep and like dying on you and like letting you down so often. And he's considered worthy. I feel like that's kind of insulting a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. Yeah, because that's the thing at the end is that it's like he's not even you have to get him an Yggdrasil leaf, but he's not even dead. I mean, you can talk to him. <laughs> And he talks to you, and he just whines. That's true. He, he could just go. With, he, he could suck it up and leave. But instead, he's lying in bed the whole time, waiting for you and the defenseless girl to go around the world looking for a leaf for him. Like, it, like, and you guys don't have any sort of magic, like, like attack spells or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I've I've read since then. Since I've only I've only played and beaten two once, and I've read since then that if you, it's optional, you just don't stay at the inn and barren, and it doesn't happen to you. I, I assume you can still reach the Idrisil tree and like get Idrisil leaves even without doing the whole bear. Oh, yeah, I happen to have had one on one of my playthroughs. I had the Idrisil leaf already because I was saving it to just in case Hargon killed me or something, but I had to use it on this guy. Uh-huh. And then I kind of had to go back and grab another one just in case. Cause you're only allowed to have one at a time. Right. Right. Which is one of those cool things that I guess it's cool. I don't know. Some people might say it's too easy, <laughs> but I think it's cool at least that you can uh, hold more than one Idrisil leaf in uh, some of the later games. I'm very happy about that. So, uh, oh yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, uh, so so really quickly, we've got plenty more uh, coming up with Sack Chief uh, in just a second, uh, but we're probably about halfway through here. So let's go ahead, really quickly, and get through that segment we like to call shameless self promotion. Shameless, shameless, shameless. I actually like that one. That's not bad, Sack yeah, Chief. What yeah, do you that, think? That was that- Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. So that was not bad. You kind of sounded like uh, Meatwide from uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. You want to talk to Meatwide? Yeah, that's exactly what you sound like. Uh, so <laughs> so really quickly, by listener request, we are on SoundCloud now. Uh, so just wanted to take this uh, time to say you can find us on SoundCloud.com slash DragonQuestFM. Uh, so if you want to listen to us on there now, you can. Uh, we're working on getting our all of our podcasts up on youtube as well um it's just uh austin had some technical difficulties yesterday so uh that's a whole thing for another day (laughs) (laughs) it was just this whole thing but uh and then also we just want to remind everybody about our patreon which i'll let uh bj tell you guys about We've got patreon.com slash dragonquestfm. You can go there and you can get custom role on our Discord server. You can become Erdrich's long lost cousin and you know that you would be better at that than the Prince of Canic. And we uh, also have where you can tell us what you want us to talk about as a tier. If you sign up, you get a Dragon Quest FM sticker, which we know that you want. And I don't remember what other things we have because I have been out for a week and my brain is dead. So you can go to patreon.com slash dragonquestfm just like me and find out what we've got. <laughs> and we do have we do have monthly minisodes that we're starting to post. We have a new one that maybe is live by the time this episode is out on Friday. 
we'll have to see because BJ was in Mexico all last week and is going through crazy stuff. And I have a bunch of six kids, sick kids. So I'm going through crazy stuff. Uh, but now also during this segment, we like to showcase stuff from the community. So since we have SAC chief here with us, uh, who is from the Dragon Quest community, uh, SAC chief, you want to tell everybody some stuff you got going okay, on? So currently uh, I'm running my YouTube channel uh, with a four let's play series currently of the trilogy of Dragon Quest on the Switch, as well as DQ11S. I'm doing them every weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, uh, give or take. And I'm trying to do consistently. I also, so my YouTube channel is youtube.com slash SACCHIEF, S-A-C-K-C-H-I-E-F. You want to check that out and see my uh, future projects as well as reviews that I'm going to be working on. I also have a Twitter account that I post a lot of Dragon Quest content on and, uh, it's got uh, getting some good reception. So that's twitter.com slash sackchief. I uh, hope you follow me on there. And that, that's about it. All right. Awesome. Now back to the uh, regular episode, uh, I guess. So hearing you say this just made me wonder. Yep. So sackchief, how did you get the name sackchief, if you don't mind me asking? Because if it's a video game reference, I I don't. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, there's this it. video game called Little Big Planet that I really liked um, from yeah. like years ago, like 10 years ago or plus. And uh, yeah, the main yeah. character is a sack boys, and I really like that game a lot. So I made this name just for going online and publishing levels and that kind of thing. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, because he's yes, uh, sack boy yeah, or yeah. sack kid, sack boy. Is that what you said? Yeah, I, I remember. Uh, I was a big, uh, a big little big planet fan myself. Yeah, it's fine, and that's about it, really. That's I, I, I made the name for that game, and it stuck. That's all. So when I was uh, like first obsessing over Dragon Quest, like really obsessing with it. Um, uh, like about a year ago and uh, had decided to play every mainline game, uh, you know, looked into Dragon Quest, found you uh, and stuff, started talking to you on Twitter, some watched your videos on YouTube mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And I wondered, and at the time I was like, maybe because I hadn't played all the Dragon Quest games yet. So I was like, maybe it's like some Dragon Quest thing. And then I played through all the Dragon Quest games and I was like, there's definitely nothing about Sack Chief in these <laughs> Dragon Quest games. <laughs> so then I was like, maybe he like played football in high school or college and like was really good at tackling people and uh... like they called him Sack Chief and it was like a football thing. And so I've always wondered. So um so now I have my yeah, answer. Yeah, so thanks. Um it makes makes total sense now, uh now that you say it. But uh I've always mm-hmm. wondered about that. Uh so um, so let's kind of talk about the community, uh, here for a little while, uh, getting into that. Like I said, uh, when I was first, uh, so, you know, my first Dragon Quest game that I played and beat was, uh, actually Heroes back okay. in 2016. Um, and really loved Dragon Quest, but because I didn't have a DS and things like that at the time, I didn't get super into it. And then after 11 came out, I just kind of made the decision that I was going to get into it and like play all these games. And, uh, just you know spend the money that i had to spend to get to play them all Um, (laughs) and so uh so but you know so for me and i think probably for a lot of people who get into the dragon quest fandom for the first time i feel like probably you and like dragon's den uh you know the dragon quest fan site are probably um the first two places for a lot of people i mean there was probably the first two places uh for me um so um so i guess uh, you know, if you're trying to get people into Dragon Quest, uh, do you have like an elevator pitch or anything that you try to like tell people like why Dragon Quest is so great or try to 
persuade them to come over to our side. Right. Yeah, I do. I have a elevator pitch. Dragon Quest is it's the first Japanese role playing game ever. It's what set the you know set the entire foundation for what RPGs would become later on. 1986. This is when the game first came out. It, it's a over 30 years old. Came out the same year as Legend of Zelda. Final Fantasy, you know, Pokemon, all this stuff, it came from Dragon Quest. The foundation was the same. Every ga- Japanese game developer, you know, has this respect and adoration for the creator of Dragon Quest, Yuji Horii. They all, a, a lot of them entered the, the industry because of him. You know, Hideo Kojima, the creator of Metal Gear, he cited Yuji Horii as his influence for becoming a game developer. Uh, and the thing about Dragon Quest is that it is a phenomenon in Japan for a very good reason. It is a very accessible game that adults and you know young people uh people of all ages can enjoy it, it's a game with uh it, it's a game that with a difficulty that requires you know thinking it's the game design is so well thought out that you can get right into it you immediately start playing you go on this large, huge adventure across the entire world getting stronger as you go along it is a complete it's a game that changed the way you look at gaming forever and it's in my opinion the best rpg series that that it it just does it better than everything else to be honest everything about it is so finely tuned the way you uh, the way you level up as you keep going along the way like the story progresses how you feel when you get stronger how you kind of are weak at the beginning but by the end of the game you're destroying enemies with different spells different abilities you have all these different party members there's just so much to dragon quest that makes it so perfect and then there's the fact that it has a story stories that as stories that people can relate to all people can relate to they're simple stories but they're very deep when you look into it more and it also it's a game series that has a lot teaches a lot of good morals a lot of good morals about uh, character about honor it's there's just so much that's great about dragon quest i could keep going on and on but really if you ask me it is hands down the best rpg series ever there's nothing comes close everything is trying to be dragon quest essentially whenever somebody's making an rpg in japan they're looking at dragon quest they're thinking how can i beat this that's what they're always thinking that's what final fantasy has been thinking for years that's it's the standard for rpgs essentially yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with you, hundred uh, percent, right there. And I feel like, um, I, you know, I, 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 I rave about Dragon Quest um, a lot on this show. BJ does too. Yeah, I mean, we're a Dragon Quest podcast, of course. We're <laughs> rave about it. Kind of the thing. It's kind of our show. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, uh, going back to what you said there about with Dragon Quest and just it kind of it almost it kind of lacks cynicism, like the the morals and stuff that it has in it. Uh, that was one thing that I think I really appreciate about the game um, is that, and one reason why I like to play it because uh, a lot of times I play it at night, like after my kids have gone to sleep and stuff like that. And I think that's one of the reasons is that it's just kind of it's nice, I guess is is like the word i want to use for it like yeah like even when the world might be ending like there's like positivity and like kind of optimism uh, happening in those games and uh, i think that's really what after after playing all the dragon quest games this year it's made it really hard for me to play other video games right now because when i've gone back to play other games that aren't dragon quest i'm like why why you gotta be so negative (laughs) (laughs) when when i'm playing them and then i just kind of like yearn to play more dragon quest which i think which i think is kind of rare especially nowadays uh to have like video games that are so just kind of 
devoid of cynicism. Yeah, especially mainline uh, RPGs like this that are AAA, where like just releasing on the Switch and it's there's not any kind. Well, I don't want to say there's not any kind of darkness because there's obviously darkness. But like you said, it's hopeful and more optimistic as opposed to uh, the gloom yeah, exactly. and doom. Uh, have you played the Nino Kuni games at all? Uh, yeah, I played the first Nino Kuni game on PS3 because it, it was by level five. I thought, hey, it's going to be like Dragon Quest Nine or something because it was by the same developer. That, that's what brought me into Nino Kuni, made me interested. The fact that it was made by the DQA developers, so yeah. I played did it. you did you like Nino Kuni? Uh, I I like it. I mean, uh, I was I hoped it would have been turn based. I, I was kind of expecting a turn based RPG, but uh, it's fine for what it is. It's a it's a good game, good presentation. I really like the graphical style. I think a, if a Dragon Quest game came out and it had the graphics like Nino Kuni, that would be amazing. That's what I think. It would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, that would be, really be great. That, that's the reason I asked is because in my mind, it's like Nino Kuni is kind of. The only other, uh, the only other big game uh, I can think of uh, that you know kind of has Dragon Quest optimism, and I, I you know, uh, what's his name, Akiro Hino from Level Five. Yeah, uh, I, I assume because of his work with like eight uh, and nine, that's kind of what inspired uh, you know Nino Kuni and like Rogue Galaxy uh, on PS2 and things like that. Especially, have you played Rogue Galaxy before? I haven't played Rogue Galaxy, but uh, Rogue Galaxy is like the game they made right after uh, Level Five, made right, right after uh, Dragon Quest Eight. Yeah, and it it definitely feels like it. It's basically Dragon Quest Eight uh, mixed with the Disney movie Treasure Planet. It's like they took it's like they took yeah. Treasure Planet and Dragon Quest Eight and made it into a video game. Like it feels so much like because I played Rogue Galaxy before Dragon Quest Eight, and just the environments and everything. Like uh, the whole time I was playing Dragon Quest Eight, I was like, "Man, they just uh, they just took this game and made it in space and called it Rogue Galaxy because a lot of it feels very similar." But it has a worse camera somehow. That that was one of the things that made me bounce off of Rogue Galaxy is that I liked pretty much everything else about it, but the camera being a, a pretty much a straight PS2 camera, even in the remaster, it was so hard for me to deal with that I just uh, I just stopped. But you can you can move the camera around, can't you? You can, and that's kind of the problem, is that it's not very responsive. And so you it's just, I hate PS2 camera controls when they were still learning how to to make camera controls. Gotcha. So in your elevator pitch a minute ago, you mentioned Yuji Hori. Uh, and I know, I don't know if it's still there, but I know for a while on your Twitter account, your pinned tweet was with an autographed poster from Yuji Hori uh, that you had framed. Still there? Okay, still there, cool. yeah. You actually have two... Yuji Hori autograph posters, uh, which I'm very envious of. <laughs> uh, so you said, so uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about the uh, the posters, how you got them? Okay, so I got them within a very short amount of period of time from each other, actually. I, I got really lucky. So Yuji Hori came to Anime Expo last year, 2018. Square Enix brought him over to America to promote Dragon Quest Eleven. I was not in a position to be leaving my uh, home hometown to go to Anime Expo on a plane and stay the night there and all that stuff. So I was pretty bummed out. I thought, "Damn, I'm really going to miss this. I'm not. I'm not. People are going to get all Yuji Hori's autograph. I'm not going to get it." So I went on Reddit and I looked around for some, some proxy service of somebody who might be willing to go there and mm-hmm. get it for me. Right? Uh, I found I found this one guy who said he'll do it for fifty bucks, which is, uh, I mean, that's not that's a pretty decent price. He's just going to give it to me for fifty bucks. Yeah, it's not bad at all. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- th- some people were like trying to charge me one hundred twenty dollars to do it. Like, uh, and I was kind of like, "Oh, come on! It's it's a free autograph. It's not like you're paying to do to do anything." But you're you're waiting in line right. for like an hour, right? The guy delivered. He get for fifty bucks. I got that autograph. He gave me the ticket. It's pretty per. It's like perfect. I got it framed and everything. And uh, that was that was a good investment. I didn't get to meet Yuji Horii, unfortunately, but I got his autograph. It, it's a pretty decent thing. I know a lot of people on uh, Twitter who managed to meet him and they took pictures with him and everything. And it, it was nice. And I uh, I became friends with some people be- based on uh, them meeting Yuji Hori and uh, me talking to them about it, uh, asking them how it was. So th- that's how I got the first autograph. And then uh, about a month later, the Dragon Quest Twitter account was having this contest called the uh, hashtag DQ8 contest. It was uh, supposed to celebrate Dragon Quest Eight, I suppose. Basically, you're supposed to post like fan art or a picture of your collection or something that shows that you're a big DQ fan. And eight people around the entire world would win a poster signed by Yuji Horii, a Dragon Quest Eight poster with Yuji Horii's autograph and a slime sketch on it. And I posted a picture of my collection. I posted some fan art I made years ago, and I was one of the winners. Uh, that's basically how it happened. They sent me the poster, and uh, I have the poster signed by Yuji Horii, two of them now, basically. But one of them... The, drag, the Dragon Quest one eight one though I like more because I kind of earned it. Right, right. That is really cool. Um, uh, BJ, do you have any uh, questions? I feel like I'm out of, kind of was hogging some of the questions there. You have anything uh, you want to ask Sack Chief while we've got him on today? Well, I'm curious about how you feel about Eleven uh, S versus the other versions that they've added so much, and I've talked to Austin about some of the new stuff and experienced some of it myself. Like, how do you feel about the additions and the names and things like uh, going from uh, Yochi Village to to uh, Tickington? Okay, so you mean like uh, localization yeah. changes and all and that, and then the additions like the new uh, side stories and things like that. If you've gotten to them yet. Uh, I haven't gotten to the side stories yet because I'm still uh, I'm still at the um, octopus b- boss fight. Okay, but I- I've heard about how they kind of just stick them in there. It's uh, uh, do we spoil DQ11 on this podcast or no? We try to avoid spoilers as much as possible uh, with 11s at least because so many people were waiting to play 11 until 11s came out. Um, right. So right. we try to keep it kind of vague if we can. But okay, so yeah, the. Uh, I guess the break, uh, the, 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 the side, the side missions are kind of, did you, you guys, you guys got to that part, right? They kind of just stick them in, they stick them in there. Yeah, right? I, I have, it got the placement of it. I thought was really weird. I thought the placement was odd. You you know where the placement is, right? Uh, yeah, I'm okay. aware. I, I, I know. It just, it, it slowed down the story and there's stuff. I don't want to get into specifics, but there's stuff that I think really ruins surprises with act two. Um, and like, uh, like, you know, running around and stuff. And um, like, there's some, just some reveals and things that I feel like maybe it doesn't ruin it, but it like cheapens it. Even it even like really cheapens one of the reveals that happens at the very, very end of 11, like, like the, the real final boss, you know, in the post game and everything. Yeah. You, you know, like the ending cut scenes at the very end that I'm talking about. Right, right. Uh, anyway, it yeah. uh, it kind of like cheapens one of those reveals, even. Hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. So, any drawbacks from uh, from eleven S from eleven, other than maybe the side stories there? Okay, so the Switch version, I think, would probably be the definitive version, considering that it has a lot of uh, has a lot of improvements. But uh, some things make it a little too easy, like you know, having the phone size forge whenever wherever you want. Mm-hmm. 
that does take away a little bit of a layer challenge because you can just build where the heck you want and you can buy any materials you want right there without having to talk to the uh you know the shopkeeper yes. to buy the materials you, you notice yeah. that you you don't need a yeah I, I, uh, what do you think about that i agree with you i thought i thought it was way too easy and i even tested it out in like what passes for dungeons you know in the game when like i feel like other dragon quest games or other games would be like you can't use that right now and mm-hmm. The fun size forge, you can just use it, yeah, whenever. Um, so I was, yeah. I think that's one of those things. I really love the fun size forge as a mechanic, but yeah, I think being able to just buy it. And there are some, there are some items. I don't know if you've gotten to any of those yet, but there are some items uh, later on in Act One uh, that I know of where it's like you can't just buy them, and it will tell yeah. you you have to find them. Yeah, there are some okay. that you can't buy. I know Warmaline is one of them, and uh, there are a couple others that I've run across where you can't buy them at all, and it's just like, well, okay, I'll go search around for that again. The Spellbound the spellbound Bow is the one that really uh, has been a pain in my butt because you need it for a lot of the magic gear. Oh, uh, okay. Um, and, uh, and the place that it's at... Um, it's kind of can be kind of tricky. It, you just have to actually like stay the night at a campsite and like kind of farm it um, before before things happen and you can't go back and farm it for a while. So um, so just the placement of that gear along with the items that you have to get uh, kind of make it to where you legitimately have to go and collect these items kind of like you did in the original version instead of just straight up buying them. And I both like that you can buy the items straight from the forge and that and I dislike it, too, because it does make it easier. It's like, oh, I need to make this cautery sword. So I'll just, you know, drop this much money right here without even having to get out and go over there or uh, even look for it elsewhere. But it's uh, it's also where it almost cheapens the items as you get them. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to just keep trying this until I get a plus three because I need perfectionist pearls anyway so any other drawbacks that you uh have experienced um let me think so there's that there's uh um, it's mostly just good stuff i've noticed so far uh there's a lot of little uh little quality of life improvements okay so i I like that you know the battles go faster and everything but one thing i uh i don't like that's obvious is the fact that the graphics are not quite as good as the normal version yeah Uh, that's so so that's kind of my um, that's kind of been my biggest issue with it is that I think it still looks really good for switch. Um, but it looks good for switch. I think like, it, <laughs> like, you know, it's, you have to add that for switch on there. Like, um, and I don't know, are you mostly playing docked or handheld? Uh, docked cause I'm recording it. Gotcha. Okay. So I feel like it looks worse handheld and I've been mostly playing it handheld. Right. Um, but I've seen some people online, say that they felt it looked worse docked um have you have you tried it out both ways like do you think one is kind of worse than the other yeah i, I tried it out both ways and they, i don't know they look kind of similar to be honest when, I, when it's handheld there's a little bit more aliasing it's a little more fuzzy you notice that at yeah all? absolutely that's my big thing on the handheld i've been going back and forth and i'm used to it now but the uh the fuzzy edges uh, really do stand out on handheld which i didn't expect nearly as much because of uh, other games that they've done so well on handheld and then i go dock it and honestly i it may be because i haven't played the uh, steam version in so long other than just to compare the music 
that I don't really notice a big difference that way. Uh, but I'm also not really looking at graphics that often. Like it's not something that really matters to me a great deal. So it's like, oh yeah, this is pretty now. And I just, I can tell it's better than handheld. Yeah. The, the only time it really bothered me like enough to where I was just like, oh my gosh, this uh, looks so bad was, um, so I, I use I have used the photo mode in 11s more than any photo mode in other video games like combined ever. Like mm, I've okay. used I've used photo mode so much, and part of that is because I really love toggles, and so just for fun I take pictures for toggles, and then every so often like I post a batch of four of them, you know, like Twitter or whatever. But um, but I just I've taken pictures of toggles for fun because I like the way they look. I'm trying to get some cool poses with them, and there's. One part, especially it's in the uh, mangle grove when there's just all this like underbrush and trees and just a lot happening. And you're with the hero and then the, uh, the eighth party member that you get later in the game. And mm -hmm. uh, they're the only two party members. So it's not even like you have a full party with you. And I was tinkering with the photo mode and like their faces were so blurry and like their eyes were messed up. It looked like I was playing a PS1 game. Huh. Like they're like they had the jank eye. You know how like PS One games they all have like jank <laughs> eyes. You guys know yeah. what I'm talking about. Uh, um, yeah. And so that was the only time that it's uh, like that it's happened where I was just like, oh my gosh, like this just looks horrendous. Um, and you know it was only two party members, and it was in an environment where there were like some enemies and like a lot of like flowers and trees and things because it was the mangle grove, and so. I don't know if that, you know, caused it or not, but that's just kind of the only time that it's just been really, really bad. I haven't had any that's really bad yet that I've had just a minor bit of slowdown when my entire party is on screen in handheld mode. But that's about the uh, the the most drastic thing that I've had. Silvando's mouth has has been a little weird in uh, movement for a while, like every once in a while. But it's it's nothing that I even really think about that much i gotcha so overall though um I, I i agree with you i think 11s has mostly improvements um do you have you enjoyed the uh the new stuff with the tackles and uh, going to past worlds and all oh, yeah, i think that's really cool stuff uh going past worlds and checking out a lot, a lot of stuff I, I really enjoy that yeah i i think my my because we we knew before this game came out that that was going to be in there but i think for me it was a nice surprise because um I like how they interact like you like you get a quest in one world and you might have to go into one of the other past worlds to like find that item. Mm -hmm. um, I really like how they kind of like have connected all of this uh, stuff together because, uh, you know, I had the I bought the 3DS version, but it's all in Japanese. And so even using that Google Translate app like BJ and I used to play it, then I've used since to play part of it. It, just, it makes chipping away at the game really hard, and you also you miss out on a lot of like the uh, the story points because the yeah. I mean you know the translate app is not perfect, and uh, so it's been really cool uh, because I feel like a lot of that for me at least I totally got lost in translation um, with the tackles and all that. So that's been kind of cool to uh, to see. I'm really glad that they added that to 11s. Yeah, me too. I still have a hard time with his name being Ickle instead of Karuchi, though. It's because uh, you and I talked so much about him before that I'm like, Ickle, who are they talking about? 
it's Ickle and then his grandpa is Stickle. But I think the funniest one is his uncle is Tickle. Like, <laughs> because I know I made a joke to you before about Uncle Tickle. Yeah. Uh, uncle Tickle just sounds so bad. <laughs> I adopted that nickname. Like, you have to call me Uncle Tickle now. Like, I yeah. should change my uh, my Twitter handle from Professor Beach to Uncle Tickle. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that would, like, get you blacklisted. My. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I'm not going to follow anyone named Uncle Tickle. <laughs> <laughs> We just changed this to Dragon Quest FM with Uncle Tickle and uh, Uncle Tickle's podcast time. It would be oh, it would be the best. But he, I, I like that. I like that they gave him a bow tie, though. You know, he has it's true. He, he's kind of tall and has a little bow tie, Uncle Tickle. Um, so have you noticed anything with the fandom growing since then? Uh, since the release of Eleven S, that all of this kind of just dropped with the original trilogy and then Eleven on the same day. And I know there was a lot of buildup for it, and us being already in there saw a lot of this lead up. But have you noticed a lot of new people coming into the fandom, like searching things out and seeking out uh, the rest of the games, or just trying to get involved in any way? Uh, yeah, I have. So um, I made a video a couple months ago about you know for, for new people to the dragon quest series and how to get into it and that kind of stuff yeah, yeah. it's almost at a hundred thousand views right now oh wow so wow. yeah I, I knew there was gonna be demand for something like this uh i ever since the hero got into smash brothers my popularity kind of skyrocketed i'm like it, it's going up really high I, i've got a lot of a huge following at this point and a lot of people are asking me how do i get into dragon quest which game do i play uh, what what's what is the series? Uh, what's the deal with the series? How do they tie together? Things like that. There's a lot of people. It's like it's like a new generation for Dragon Quest fans in a way. It's pretty cool. And there's a lot of people who are into DQ all of a sudden. I remember uh, last year, exactly a year ago when DQ11 came out, I was trying to be friends with every single person who was playing DQ11, and I kind of succeeded at it. I think I talked to literally every person who was talking on Twitter. <laughs> about DQ11 at the time i every person who liked dragon quest i knew and now that's not quite the case anymore and it's a good thing you know uh, it's hard to keep track of everyone at this point I, i'm meeting new people every day new people are talking to me every single day you know yeah that's really fantastic it's uh it's kind of like uh this this series time to shine uh and i'm really glad that both nintendo and square enix have taken the initiative to do this and really get it out here uh, especially during the kind of lull before Final Fantasy VII's remake comes out, where I think that that uh, that's going to be bring a lot of old gamers back. And with these games already out and established, I think we could probably grow more from that being released as well. Yeah, I know we're almost out of time for the episode uh, today, uh, but Sack Chief just want to say a big thank you for joining us on the show today. Um, but then. Uh, also, you know, uh, for going back in with the fandom and all, um, just thanks, you know, for talking to everybody with Dragon Quest. That's how, um, you know, I first talked to you was because I was probably one of those people talking about Dragon Quest Eleven a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, thanks for all you do promoting stuff and, you know, spreading the Dragon Quest love out there. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on. All right. So that's all the time we have for today. Uh, remember, you can... Check out Sack Chief's YouTube page at youtube.com slash sackchief. You can follow him on Twitter. His handle is at sackchief, S-A-C-K-C-H-I-E-F. 
Uh, and you can also talk to him on Discord as well. We're going to put links to all this stuff in our show notes. Uh, so if you don't know who Sack Chief is already and you want to check out his stuff, be sure to click on those links. Check him out. Remember, you can also talk to us directly. Our Twitter handle is at DragonQuestFM. If you want to just talk to me, uh, my Twitter handle is at underscore Austin underscore King. I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beej. Uh, you can also listen to me on the geek to geek podcast. Uh, it comes out every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central. And you can check out all of the other content on the geek to geek media network that we are part of at geek to geek media.com. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.